0: Everything they could teach you you know are I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that vagina talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man she or him and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal person to person and that our bodies even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary it's important for me that that's something that has space here on vagina talks and at the same time i also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from and I just wanted to let you know that vagina talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one so feel free to chime in as we go along without further ado today's episode Hi, beautiful. It's Sophia, and I'm glad to be here with you on Vagina Talks again. Today's episode is really special to me, actually. I have decided that I want to share with you a class from the training ground. This class is where I am talking about and identifying the major tools that I use over and over and over again inside my own self and with other people when I'm, when I'm practicing, right? So when I'm working on other people and how I'm healing in my own self, identifying and talking about these go-to practices and tools. So I'm going to invite you to lean back, take it in, grab a notebook, listen to it twice, like really sink into the fact that this is just straight up class. Join me in class and uh, hear some stories and hopefully gather some tools for your own toolkit. I would love to hear any feedback or additional questions that you have. So as always, just find a way and hit me up. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, come on in, take a seat and join me for the major tools for optimizing a healing opportunity okay so um i want to talk about some things that we've done a lot and that often um we've done them uh i will walk people through these processes while they're in an experience so many of you have had me um walk you through this like in in real time while it's happening and i want to just go over in this like in this space like what what it is, and so I want to review the major the four um, major tools of ground of 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 healing, optimizing a healing um, opportunity. Um, and if writing and taking notes is useful for you, great. And if and if you want, and I will say way more than I have written down, and you can all have access to these um, my notes here. So just so you know that too. Um, so four major tool, four major tools, and to remember that the result of these using these tools will increase sensation. They will not make you feel better per se, nor worse. They will make you feel at home. They will bring you towards yourself. So they will bring you in contact with that which is in between you and yourself. Or if those things clear out, bring you to yourself. And then when you're at home in yourself, you will then have feelings. <laughs> about the experience that you're having, sensations, This part of the physical form. One of the things I want to mention here is that emotions are a physical experience. They are physically hormones in our body, they're a chemical experience that happens, and also um, that emotions are a body-based a, body, a body based, uh, thing. They also have a, an energetic signature, um, and uh, so a, a tone or a, a frequency. And when we're doing this work, it's really helpful to think of your emotions as as body-based, can really begin to ground and simplify and take us out of the intellectual or the, um, what comes to mind is the beheadedness, (laughs) the like talking heads and like separate, the separation from ourself to recognize that our heart and our emotions are our body time. Okay. So, um, you know, when we have sensation we have feelings we have the body incarnated experience we have the incarnated experience and when it completes it literally completes and then it's over this is what we find kind of the body telling the story of our emotions um literally if we're thinking about emotions being hormones that dump in the system that get released and then they go through the system unless something activates those hormones to get dumped again then what happens is they get dumped They serve their purpose, and then they're done. They're done. The feeling's done. You're like on to the next moment. One of the things that happens is that we dump feelings, and then we don't process them, Mm. which means we store them. So this is something that happens energetically. It's also something that happens biochemically. We store them. We store the hormones in our fat, we store them in our blood tissue. We store them wherever we can stick them, in our muscle tissue, literally the hormones. So so it's, again, it's like the story in the tale, right, of like, of what it is. We can just look in any of these realms and begin to see the patterns at play of, of being incarnated on this water planet, okay? So... Um, What a lot of the time we're doing to heal in in a healing space is to let what is again, this is like it's such a ripe thing, what is already happening have space to happen. And then when that comes into being, everything's changed, and then another thing happens. A new thing happens. We're like in this, we are a creative life force. So, um, so that's a lot of things. I'm going to kind of bring it in. So, the four tools. The first one is blessings. This is a tool that was first taught to me in this like simplest way by Tammy Kent when I went and did the pelvic floor working, work with her. And she said the root loves blessings, just loves them, just like, just like loves them. And I really started to work with um, that practice after going um, to work with her. And I found that like you know what? We just like blessings. That's like a real thing. Like our beings, our soulful self loves blessings. And what I've discovered is a sequence of what a blessing is. Okay. So there's two elements here. There's a blessing that is literally just the word blessing that has its own meaning and its own energy that we can trust and let it have an energy in and of itself. So like, bless you. Like, may you be blessed. I welcome blessings that has its own energy and its own signature that's really potent and wonderful. So a blessing is a blessing, period. Then we also have identified specific blessings. So these can be um, vibrations. These can be energy signatures. These can be images, um, guides, concepts, needs. So we can name them or see them or smell them. So we can bless someone with the smell of roses, right? We can offer the blessing to ourselves of um, a deep, quiet peace or um, the, the spaciousness of crickets in the evening, okay? So, So you can name a blessing by an experience or an association that, again, when I say those things that there's a, what we're going for, right, is this energetic kind of this vibrational signature that we're activating and inviting in so the power of naming here is an is an invitation so another aspect of blessings is we can offer blessings very much like what we just did now someone could say these things and i could say to crystal i want to offer you the blessing of um well-being and trust in yourself you could check in and say like okay that sounds nice but like meh that's like, like, it's like, I'm not saying no to that, but it's not a yes, right? Or I could say um, um, alignment and power, right? It's like, okay, that's feel like, like, all right, okay, we're like getting somewhere, right? So it's like looking for when we're really honing into that. And so checking in with ourselves, I often do that with you. I often prompt that sense and we will continue of what is that that you've been longing for? So asking yourself... What do you want? What are you longing for? What are you inviting in? And then allowing whatever rises in that, knowing that your own style of knowing yourself or the way you interact with the world is going to do that. So you might always see an image. You might always hear a song or a sound. You might have a feeling that grows in your a, a body, memory, or a, um, or a, or a vision, um, any of those things, uh, a color are really common color tone um so it can be i think about um in sanskrit the like primordial sounds and then the words and sanskrit was developed over thousands of years like teacher after teacher after teacher studied and would work with these sounds and and find what they were what would they bring into existence basically what did they mean what did the sounds do and so there's these primal sounds like the the core sounds and then there's when we, we we start to weave right these core sounds together and make a landscape. so so we can you can offer the blessing of a highly woven landscape right I look at this like beautiful etched image here of just like the detail and all the levels right or it's like or we can just think of like the color red right And so great. That's a tool. So this is blessings. So that's what the, what we're talking about. When we're talking about a blessing. Any of those things. A blessing can also be a physical thing, right? We are we've 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 played and felt a lot the miracle of what it is to have actual roses come down upon our bodies. It's not. It's like not a metaphor. Actual roses pouring down on my body. It's a blessing. It's a rose blessing. And so the invitation of spirit guides or plant medicine or each other or our own love. So the realness of that it's real okay so the other thing is the process of receiving a blessing which is really important because then you can help people walk them into knowing how to do that and you can help yourself really optimize your experience of that and so the identification of the blessing that it's happening and like if there is one and so that's kind of this like okay there's a blessing coming to me Right? Or coming from within me, whatever wherever it's coming, it is the, the, the blessing is a meeting point. And then it's about shifting your focus to your in, internal locus. So, what it is to like feel the blessing, I'm gonna stick with the rose petals in the most to like really kind of ground what I'm talking about. So, it's like you look up, you see roses are coming towards you. You close your eyes or you keep your eyes open and you feel each petal land. And you feel that like ripple through your body. So this is about attention and focus. If a blessing's coming your way, pay attention and feel it make contact. Feel its arrival. Focus on that sensation of the ripple. So not only the rose landing, but then what happens to you upon receiving it. Feel for the contact and the touch. And then here's the really, really important part when we're in a healing space is the invitation is then to witness the change that will inherently occur. When a blessing comes, we're changed. And so the focus or the work is to become in a surrendered and present and attentive state on the inside, on the outside, in in your being, within, within your own awareness. So to witness and to notice and to watch how the landscape has changed. So just be with that. Now, it will change. So we don't have to force it. One of the things that can happen if our heart really hurts and we go in and we look at our heart and we're doing like a vision notion and we're seeing and it's like the image that comes to mind is like a just like a abandoned warehouse and we're just like, fuck. Fuck. It's like, well, I want to fill it with like light and people and a good time and a party, and it's like, okay, all right, sure. That's a different exercise than what I'm talking about. You go into the lighthouse, you go into the warehouse, and you bless the warehouse as it is currently. You so if we're going with the rose petals on the so in the vision, rose petals come down on the warehouse. You feel and notice the rose petals touching the warehouse, and then you let like ripples that landscape change without an agenda of what it needs to change into yes do you
1: feel like uh when you do that you get a lot more clarity on like what say the person needs in those moments like i guess i'm having this visualization of being in the warehouse with you like literally oh yeah this experience of like all of us getting really clear Mm. on what wants to come right and like that moment of all of us just like checking in and like offering a blessing. Yep. So like I'm having this like real life experience with it. Right. And I feel like we all got a lot more clarity after the blessing. After the blessing.
0: Yeah. So yes, right. That like yes, and and we
1: went to an actual warehouse. Just, just like talking a metaphor.
0: In right. Yeah. 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 And go to a... Activated house. a memory of a physical mm-hmm. s- story that we're in. So yes, and I want I want to share. The like the trajectory as I was going, and then we can kind of come back to that if that to see this. So in the vision, so I'm having a dreamscape vision of this blessing comes, and what I've seen time and time again is that it changes, and sometimes it changes like, oh, now the ceiling became a a, a skylights, and now the space is filled with light, right? But other and it's like okay, and then it's like the walls fell down, and it's outside, and everything in the warehouse is like. All, every, it Sprouts begins to sprout and it becomes a trees, right? The other thing that I have had happen is that it completely dissolves and something else emerges. So all of those things happen when we when we let it go, and that what I want to say is that we repeat it again and again because what usually happens is the rose petals settle, and so I'll slow it down. The rose petals settle, and what happens is these like waves come through, and then there's no ceiling in this warehouse of my heart. There's just an open sky. And so I'm standing there and it feels like that. And there's a complete, there's a quiet and that's what the roses did. They took the ceiling off. And so then the quieting is for me to return again to this moment as I am and say, I'm going to invite a blessing here. And what comes to me is the blessing of, of water. The, a water blessing comes. And what happens in this vision is I invite a water blessing and At first I see a little rain, but then the rain disappears and I see a river start running through. And so I'm standing and there's this river running through. And then I'm feeling in myself, my heart is shifting as I'm talking about it. And so I let the river running through is the blessing. I shift to feel and sense and notice how it changes. And so that, the river runs through, the warehouse falls away. Now I'm in a forest and it's me at a river in a forest. And now this is where I am. And then the practice is, now in a forest, I offer this a blessing. So you see how you let, it's like the blessing comes through, comes to completion, and then you offer a new blessing. And that, it's just, it's a good tool. (laughs) Rinse, repeat, Um, you know, is like, is really like that notion. And what I can say is that sometimes, often, what happens is it doesn't just get, the way that I did it, it, was like a very sweet story. But often in the healing, I'm in a warehouse. I ask for a blessing. Roses come over. And then everything turns to rot. And I'm standing in a room holding bones. And it's like, oh, thank you, blessing. So now what am I going to do? It This is where my very sacred term, bless the shit out of it, comes in. Because you just don't stop blessing until it really reconciles. So unless you feel reconciled with standing in a... Rotting pile holding bones, then you bless the rotting pile holding bones. And then the bones come together and take a form in front of me, and I realize I'm talking to an ancestor, and they're telling me a story, and they take me on a journey. And it's like I just follow that piece by piece. Or I'm having an experience where the vision disappears, and now I'm having searing sensations in my body. Okay? Are you with me? I feel like you're all with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Okay. I wanna check on that. Good. Um, don't make it nicer. Just watch it change. Mm-hmm. Sense for settle or completion. Bless again. Repeat the whole process. Okay, so that's blessing. Um, you, if you ever are in a space where the word blessing is like not the word to use, um, then literally the phrase like, "What do you want? What do you what are you needing? Um, what would be helpful? C- care, you know, of like, what are we talking about? What would honor, acknowledge." Okay. Um, these are these are other words to talk about what blessings do. <laughs> Can you say a couple of them again? Yeah, sure. Acknowledge, uh, honor, care, um, needing. Like, what are you needing? Um, um. So it's like instead of saying blessing, like invite what? Yeah, invite what you need. Invite um, something that's soothing. Um, relaxing, holding um, yeah? yeah yeah okay. great. Um, okay. great. So the so that notion of for me, so when I'm looking at my so this is one of those moments of um, like define your terms. When I'm talking about a blessing, yes, asking someone, we actually talked about this last night. we did the simple potent formula formula, I just called it a formula, format (laughs) of this, the circle sharing last night. And it was like, there was no high fancy, like ritual process. We just like sat down, connected with our bodies and then shared. And it was deep and beautiful and potent. And it's like, to me, it's like, yeah, that's medicine, that's healing, that's a that's a blessing. It doesn't have to have the show of a blessing to have it be a blessing. And so that notion of care, that's my under, like that that is my understanding of a blessing um, for sure, is to like offer someone that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I will say. For me. When I am talking about a blessing, there is a way in which I'm inviting. um, This is one of those funny moments where it's like, there isn't really a separation in me anyway, but there is a a difference in focus in terms of source. So if I'm offering, if I say to Leah, like, you know, can I help you um, do a thing like, I want to offer to help you by sewing this with you. And she says, yes, then like, it is a blessing. We'd look back and be like, oh, what a, what, like, what a sweet, tender time, you know? And that'd be different for me. That would be different than me being like, I want to offer that I would come to it differently. For me, The framework of just being like, I'm like, this is the blessing of like blessing your blanket and blessing your sewing. And like, am I going to do that by sewing or not sewing? So, so for me, there's a, it's like a blessing with a capital B or a blessing with a lowercase b. There's an element of, of what I'm calling forth. And for me, my prayer is to walk my life and have every action be a blessing. So there, there's that too. But I do think there, there is something about when I say the word or when I use that word or activate that perspective like as a tool, um, there's a particular kind of attention or focus. I want to say that. Okay. 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 Presence. So the second tool that I use um, is presence. And presence is a lot of things. We talk about presence a lot in a lot of different ways. The notion of staying in the room, staying in our body, um, staying with our senses and what's happening. Um, And I think presence is, we haven't quite talked about this. We're going to talk about it right now. Um, which is, uh, as a facilitator, as a teacher, as a caller, um, we're a number of different things. But one of the ways to look at what we are is we're a mirror. Where we're a window that's letting in source. bringing We're bringing in um, another light but there's also just this it's the same 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 mirror and that for us to be of greatest service as a mirror or as a window um is how clean our surfaces and so our practice our self-mastery is the process of cleaning and then buffing our surfaces So that we are um, reflecting clearly. And one of the things that we become responsible for is knowing the places where we've got like tacky shit stuck on our window or stuck on our mirror so that when we go to reflect someone's wholeness back to them, it gets distorted because our shit is fucking gunking up that corner. You know? And so it's like to know that is part of the responsibility and to to know ourselves. So it's it's not that we have to be a perfect window or mirror. Our job is to become aware at first where we are highly re- reflective and highly clear and where we are cloudy. You know? And to and to be respectful of ourselves and the people across from us. And that's where like the ownership of that like the number of times that I've said to clients like um you know this particular subject matter, I get all, I get, I get worked up about around. This is, I don't have a ton of clarity in this. Like I can support you in getting clarity. I can share with you my confusion. That can be useful medicine of being like, this is my gunk in that area. Maybe that's similar to your gunk. This is how I'm working with my gunk, which is very different than like, boom, I see your wholeness. Um, and, and for us to know that is about to us is to know ourselves and to be present in ourselves. So when we're sitting with someone and we know we're either being a clear channel, getting a message, or deeply witnessing, and the question might be, are you in love with the person or the story? Are you just like smitten? Because if you're smitten, then you're probably in a pretty clear spot. Like, bing. Not like infatuated, but just like in love. Like, are you just in bliss with their suffering and their joy and their, because you're just seeing divinity? That's a clear, then you're being a clear mirror. If you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I would have done that. And I don't know if you should do that. And is that really the thing that you just, and probably what you really need to be getting going is like, okay, you have found some territory <laughs> where you think you control everything, you know, or where you think people control you, right? And so to like honor that and be like, okay, great. And to, to, um, to do that. You know, and it's one of the reasons why having students and having clients are like just such powerful teachers and why it's so important to, um, to do that. And one of the things that I can say is that when I'm authentically in bliss with people's life and the, how, their experience of it, um, the transformation that occurs, people look in the mirror and what they see is how loved they are. And that transmutes more than I could ever by telling them like what to do right um, you know and all of it with like an open hand like we're called into into those spaces sometimes it's it is sometimes the great mirror of reflection is like do the thing without hesitation without apology without anything else I'm gonna like tell you the medicine and that's that clear sometimes it is so clear I'm like I'm not saying I'm literally I'm like I am not saying to this person and it's like you are saying these words to this person. That is what you're gonna say without, without any, with, with no buffer zone, with no apology, and like, you know, let that come through. So, that, that is a process of self discernment, and that is determined in your presence. How present are you to what's happening with you, and then your ability to really love them? So, I wanna talk a little bit about um, cueing that you're present with someone, <laughs> with our bodies. So, we're gonna talk about body language for a second. So um, this is similar with uh, similar but different than the um, original play stuff that we talked about. Um, it's called open body posture, and it's the notion of literally having your body be open, specifically across your chest and your hips. We're looking at cueing. We're looking at open hips and shoulders. We're looking at directed. Knees, hips, shoulder points, chin, nose, eye. We're looking at the center line and the points off the center line towards the person that we're going towards. This is a way. This is a very useful tool to use if you feel like someone needs to feel like they're really being met. Another thing is a little bit of a lean in is very different than a lean back. Okay. most importantly, what you actually see in all of these things and like as an like as an actor or creating a scene or a snapshot or drawing a picture. It's funny that I say drawing a picture because this is movement oriented, but same, same, which is, am I am I fully breathing into this space? Because I could lean back and go into a really open posture and be breathing with what's happening in a really big way. And like be really present, and that'd be very different than if I just sat up and just was here, breathing, what was happening. That's a kind of presence. Palms, fingers, these are places where we can really cue a lot. So um, one of the things that I, you know, tell people is that that I'm telling you now is that if you find yourself unconsciously or consciously feeling like you need to be less available because this, all of this is like available. Not only am I present, let me, maybe that's more, maybe that's a better language for it actually, like amend this, which is that it's not just, it's open body posture. It's available body posture. It's not just present because I can be present Mm -hmm. and not available to you. I'm talking about the tool of being present and available. Mm -hmm. And as a practitioner, the like reality check of this is if you can't be present and available, there's a word called reschedule. <laughs> Literally, it's our job to be present and available. <laughs> That's the point. And so you need to learn to discern to what degrees of available are you with your clients in the ways that you've agreed to be. And where are you in that day and what can you show up to and at what point do you need to reschedule and at what point do you get to show up where you are? And so that piece of being like, I'm really available and to be available, I need a little bit of holding and a little bit of care. I might wrap my little and stick her in my belt, you know, and be like, I got you. Um, I might put a hand on my own heart or a hand on my own belly and consciously take a moment of holding myself so that the rest of me becomes available. Okay. So a responsibility here of, of using your presence, presence of self so that you know what you need so that you can be available and then being open and available in your presence to the person that you're with. Okay. Questions, comments. Okay. Great. Um,
1: yeah. Just feeling like a little bit of, just to clarify or like clean or if there isn't a little bit of it's just a sense of judgment and taking that away of, like, being unavailable or available, like, on present and unavailable of, like, that's wrong and bad. Like, remembering your clarification of that, of the teaching from Tony of, of the being, like, open and closed and just not, like, taking away the value judgment of, like, to be op- available and open. So I, I liked what you said of, like, what's your clients... You, that is your job and the agreement right? and just like the wellness and the well-being and being closed, closed and av- unavailable and present and like not present and not available and these different ways of queuing that to people and how those are useful tools and not like better and worse. Right. Perhaps it's just like the consciousness of so
0: what's going on. Yeah, so I think, you know, one of the things is to recognize that what you're bringing up here to me is responsibility. And uh, the clarity in the relationships that you have. And, um, you know, it's... um, Cueing is very different than direct communication. Mm. And so it's not right or wrong to be unavailable or closed off or turning away or holding yourself or being at a distance. Um, But if... Not but, and... If you're hoping you're gonna get treated in a certain way because you're doing that, then that's that's different. That's where, that's where your self-awareness, that's where your growth is, comes in. I'm mm-hmm. just being like, if you don't wanna be looked at, you could also just say, like, I, you know, that's one of the things I have loved about working with so many Aspie teens over the years is just the straight up intro circle when it would get to one of the kids and they'd be like, I don't like it when people look at me. And literally everyone else in the circle being like, not a problem. And, every, and just watching 40 people in a room be like, boom, you know, and then having the person check. It's like, it's like, don't look. And it's like, okay. And then they would say their name and they would answer the prompts. And then we would go to the next person. Just being like, not a problem. Like, it's like, totally not. It's like, oh, so glad you told me, right? Like, so glad you told me. And so, you know, that's what comes up for me is like in this process as we come more and more available to participating in the environments that we want and having that space um, that we're cueing, becoming aware of our cues is most valuable with our own selves a lot of the time because our body is telling us what's happening and being like wow i did just cross both my legs and both my arms am i a cold <laughs> am i b holding myself c do i need something to be different because It could totally be that you're just holding yourself. Like, oh, that was a lot and I'm going to hold myself. And so what is it to breathe into having your legs crossed and having your arms crossed and then show up to really holding yourself and having someone say a thing and just being like, yeah, uh uh-huh. And like that is your level. You don't have to do anything different. I don't need to leave. You don't need to talk less. But like this is the level of like where I am and if you need something different from me, you know. So to have that awareness in your own self and then to develop in your relationships and in different spaces how you navigate or communicate that. Um, and then, the, and then that piece of like with your clients in those spaces. This is like its own thing. Um, that's the exact same thing as everything else. Um, the other thing about presence is hearing, seeing, feeling, emotions, um, smelling, tasting, knowing all of your ex, you know, it's like extracurricular, which are not extracurricular. I like 12 plus senses that we're still remembering and relearning our names for <laughs> that are not just our five senses, right? All the ways in which we're getting information, um, that presence is in reference to you having access to receiving that information that you're having in that moment. Which as we begin to navigate and potentially as medicine callers and, and spirit walkers that um, there may be elements of the manifested world that have less and less priority and, or, or like less and less priority in terms of the information that you're responding to. And having a, a sense of a willingness and a responsibility to to what that will be and what that will mean, like, like that, that's, that that's okay. That's not a problem and that it will be different. Like I'm sitting in a space and I, like, watch my mom get triggered, I like, watch all her trauma go up, and I'm just like, yep, the thing that I want to do in this space is just, like, witness and do this thing and, like, see, see with my sensory, be present to this whole larger picture and, and choose to put my focus towards that. Versus all of the other things that I could see as information and respond to. That presence is about having the information, and that our wisdom and our cultivation, and our maturity is about being in choice about as we get the information, what do we choose to do with it? Everybody, take a breath. Okay, okay. third tool grounding cord. So grounding cord takes a really nice step into the fourth tool. Which is breath. But the grounding cord piece, again, this comes from Tammy Kent, particularly this line, imagine yourself peeing outside. Mm -hmm. And um, what happened for me the first time that happened was I always pictured the grounding cord about the size of a quarter this like big, thick cord dropping out of my root into the earth. She said, imagine yourself peeing outside. And I saw myself squat and this, my whole pelvic floor opened from like bone to bone. And I was like, whoa, the diameter of my grounding cord just got real big, real, real big. And so what we're looking at there is the, the softening and the opening of the entire pelvic floor diaphragm that grounding cord in the body, the beauty of the pelvic floor diaphragm and the it's like the Maband lock and yoga, the engagement and the pulling up experience um, is we can hold energy in us. We can pull energy up and we can hold it in us in the same way we can open that cord down and we can let it flow out of us. And especially when we're working with grief, especially when we're working with grief and then when we're working with anything else and especially when we're working with grief. Grief is heavy a lot of the time. It's experienced as heaviness and um, and sometimes it has a bigness to it. Um, and so having a really wide, wide open grounding cord allows a heaviness, lots of space to drop out down to the earth. Um, the earth really does well with receiving grief because grief is an honoring emotion. True grief is, is a bow, is a bow to something being over, whatever it is. And so when we let that go, when we're in authentic, authentic experience of grief, it, it is, it's a it's a powerful, powerful gift to lay down into the earth. And so to open that grounding cord, so um open and soften the pelvic floor for the grounding cord imagine yourself peeing outside and then what i like to do as a practice with the grounding cord is to drop a heartbeat to like send a pulse down into the like core of the earth wherever that taps in for you and then to stay aware of and feel for this is similar to the blessing exercise feel for the return message Okay, so we're gonna do that right now, actually, when you're all done taking notes. And that there's three diaphragms. We're gonna get into that into the breath. But what I want to talk about here is there's a circuit circu circuitry of upflow energy that comes up and downflow, and they're constant. And we're in we're these dynamic, gorgeous cosmos sun-birthing stars that are just sending these like these circuitries. And so the grounding cord is, the, is this openness that when we're in real strong unity with ourself, we're not only letting go and pouring forth from us, we're also receiving up. It's also the same cord that goes through our pelvic diaphragm, our abdominal diaphragm, the roof of our mouth, and essentially our halo, our, our dome, our top dome. And so this, whoosh, this ability to move all of these through. So... Um, Take a moment right now. Imagine yourself peeing outside. Softening the pelvic floor, letting yourself get a heartbeat or a tone or a blessing. And send that down as you open that grounding cord. Send that like focal point down into the earth and then just feel. Take another couple breaths and then come on through. So the fourth tool is breath, which is also, there's also this interplay between breath and focus and presence and focus. Um, so I'm just going to say that and then I'm going to talk about it in a breath and focus way, but there is a, there's, a, there's a link and a, a sharedness in this. So breath and focus, um, awareness. Okay. So the three diaphragms, the roof of the mouth, the abdominal diaphragm and the pelvic floor, these diaphragms, all of them want to be able to soften and open and engage and lift. And it is the dynamic ability to do both of those things that optimize our breath and flow. Can you
1: say those again? The three, yes. Pelvic
0: floor diaphragm, the abdominal, and that's the one that if you put your hands at your the bottom of your rib cage and take a breath, you can feel the rib cage grow. And it goes all the way in the back. You can feel it in the back, the sides of the body, and the front of the body. Hmm. It's gotten a lot of the media over the years, abdominal diaphragm, and the roof of your mouth. Also called the soft palate. That soft palate, sometimes it's useful to think of like a big church dome, like a big... Mosque dome, like a domed ceiling, a vaulted ceiling, the roof of your mouth, a vaulted ceiling, or the sensation of yawning, that like big back of the throat yawn space. Um, So um, that when we're breathing and when we're moving through grief and rage, when we're moving through pleasure and power, um, breathing with all of these three in sync um, and, and finding what that is for you. Um, is really important practice around that. The other thing about breath for me is space in joints, the ability to breathe. Our cells, our body is a breathing unit, so it's not just our lungs that breathe, our diaphragms breathe, and our whole system is is doing this process of breath. Our circulatory system is taking the blood from the lungs. Yes. Yes taking the oxygenated blood from the lungs to the rest of the body and then picking up everything. I think I read once we, ex- we exhale 50 pounds of debris, cellular debris. If we like caught it all and compound it, 50 pounds a day. So, so the whole body is breathing. And so we support its breathing by fluid. Breath is a fluid fluid process and so space in our joints relaxing the jaw the back of the throat behind the eyes these are places where often our hands um, some people gripping in the feet is really common so any of those joint places when we make more space in the body softening the body that the breath we can literally breathe deeper so these are made this is the tool using the breath And then something to kind of use as a reference point or a useful thing is that breathing through the nose, inhaling through the nose, out through the nose is often a calming or slowing effect on the system. Um, Calming is like, yeah, a calming or slowing effect, slow-ish. There's a way in which it moves um, in, in a way through the system. And then through the mouth is increased movement and slow. So it has a way of speeding, but I don't really mean like fast slow um, in 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 a way of like a in the way that can get associated with slow means conscious and fast means unconscious. I don't mean that. I mean uh through the mouth will move energy. It's a hyperventilating tool. Fast breath through the mouth. <laughs> Or if you take a big inhale in and then exhale through the mouth, there's a whoosh. You're doing a big exhale, a movement of exhale, um, thinking of it as moving. Whereas through the nose, you can do really fast and intense breathing through the nose, and that will also generate and move energy. So it's not not hard and fast. It's like slower breathing will slow down, faster breathing will speed up, out the mouth will often activate, through the nose will often um, focus. Like a you know like a kind of out the mouth is like an expanding and through the nose is a focusing. Um, again, I like to say pranayama is an entire arm of yoga, and it's has books and books and thousands and thousands of years. It is a technology in and of itself. So um, using the breath, learning to know the breath, learning to know your own breath, and using that as a tool. As we're talking about trusting your intuition when you feel guided to breathe in a certain way for yourself to lean into that or to instruct someone to breathe in a certain way to recognize that the breath itself is a tool and just inhale, exhale um, is inhaling, is the acceptance of life force. Exhaling is the flow of life force. Accepting that you're alive and then continuing to be alive. So breath is this major tool. Um, so I'm going to take a couple more minutes to talk a couple more things. Um, is that true? Does anyone have any comments or questions about any of that stuff? Just about. Okay. So I'm just going to say a few things here, and then when we come back together after lunch, I'm going to, we're going to talk more about um, medicine, the alchemical medicine of um, grief and rage. Um. The thing that I want to say is that rage and anger is a compass towards justice. Rage is the voice of an unmet need. So it's valid. It's saying something is needed that's not happening. It's really important. Very, very important information. Can you say
1: that again? hmm yeah.
0: hmm <clears throat> Rage is the voice of an unmet. We are, like, getting Tammy Kent hard today. This is a Tammy Quen- Kent... Quote, um, rage is the voice of an unmet need. Okay. This is a Grace Perkins quote. Anger points us towards injustice. Which means anger is a compass that can point us towards justice. Okay. So, yep. Anger is a compass that points us towards justice. It's the voice that says, something, not uh no, which is the thing that allows us to look around and to orient towards what is a yes, what is needed. Okay? You're welcome. Thank you for asking. Developing a healthy relationship with anger is about properly tending anger, is about befriending anger, knowing how to sit in a room and be well in the presence of your own anger. Because anger becomes rage when it's not listened to. I'm going to say that again. Anger becomes rage when it's not listened to. we're going to go back even deeper here frustration becomes anger when it's subjugated when it's not listened to frustration I was to find yeah yeah thank you frustration is we'll just say not listened to we'll stick with that but yeah again? frustration becomes anger and ignoring what we know becomes frustration <laughs> okay and rage becomes madness And specifically we're referring to mad rage is like a blind rage, but madness is a is a chaos, a chaos factor. Maddening. Okay. Yeah. So to, to be well with our, <laughs> to be well with our anger and our rage and our madness means to have a good relationship with the information that we get. And, and frustration and anger are the voice of, you missed it, I done told you so. So we want to become friends with that voice, because it's okay that we miss it. It's okay that we miss it sometimes. We're living a life, we thought it was cool, we did a thing, we thought we liked it, it was a thing, and then you're like, you know what, I'm mad about that thing. I'm feeling pissed about it. i got some anger, I'm frustrated. That's great. When you get that feeling, that because I'm single, that says, I'm going to pour a cup of tea and invite my frustration and anger to tell me. Because if you say, no, 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 it's cool, it's cool, that anger will get bigger and louder until it is rage. And rage will break your shit to get your attention. That is its superpower. And so... This, this, this medicine of a need does not equal being wrong. We've really been told that when we need things, we fucked up. And we're not supposed to need things. And so we have this, this notion of need equals I'm wrong. If I have a need, I've done something wrong. I am wrong. I was built wrong. But the truth is, when we have a need, it's just a need. When we have a boundary, it's just a boundary. And boundaries are for ourselves. To keep, not for other people. In the brain, they took people who were like emotionally enraged and they took people who were physically starving. It was the same part of the brain that was lit up. Starvation is what causes rage. Starvation of a need, any need, that's what causes rage. Starvation. Denial, ignoring, not listening to. These are important words to add into this, not just listening to, but denial. Starvation. I, mean, I think that's what I was getting at with like, subjugation, like any of that pushing aside um, and like making less than, whatever that like need or piece is.
1: Starvation is what again?
0: Starvation is what causes rage okay, thank you. yeah starvation of a need, she said. well any right specific yeah of any need so starvation so so starvation of food is where they were like oh oh same same turns out um there's also been um equations i've heard tell of stories of people's teeth developing like mouth the way the bones grow in in the mouth people who both were emotionally neglected or physically starved food starved that the way that their teeth grow in so it's the way that our bones come forth so you know these are yeah these are things so um so so that is what i mean but yeah taking an, any need and then making it less than whatever else is getting tended to. Um, you know, which in ble- like in acknowledgement, acknowledgement, blessing lands, for sure. There is good reason that that happens. It is of course survival to like, not be confused about that at all. Like, like, like there is a sequencing and a prioritization that happens for survival that happens. And as we come into ownership over our lives, we get to, and we dismantle habits that were handed to us through lineages, um, and we do this, and we support other people as they walk through that, recognizing those things. That this conquest, I think, I think that's why that word subjugation came up for me, is this sense of like dominating that we like can dominate and 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 be very controlling of ourselves instead of getting our needs met. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episode will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or a review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at Sophia Wise One uh, or come to my website, sophiawiseone.com. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, Gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the biggest news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise one or through my website, SofiaWise1.com.
1: Oh. <laughs> Y'all know you need to hear that, though.
0: You know. If you I don't, don't know. know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.